Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. There are many variations of the age-old quote, timing is everything. Certainly, though, that comes to mind with our next guest and an update on my podcast, Winning Is Not Everything. Stay tuned to hear more. First of all, I want to start off by saying it's good to be back. Some of you may have wondered about the break from new episodes, but we're not going anywhere. In fact, we'll have some exciting news in the very near future. But some summer travel required me to take a little hiatus and my kids are now back at school and I'm gearing up and ready to go. Now I'm thrilled to tell you about my next guest, Benita Fitzgerald Mosley, who grew up not too far away from where I attended three years of high school in Northern Virginia. She was 11 years old when Title IX was passed, but Benita benefited in so many ways, being encouraged to try different sports and finding a community that was way ahead of its time in nurturing and developing female athletes. How do we know this? Because Garfield High School in Woodbridge, Virginia is nicknamed the School of Champions. In part one of our talk, Benita and I will discuss her remarkable childhood, including her pioneering parents, as well as the coaches and teammates who inspired her to greatness. Let's get to it. Well, I am so excited to have Benita Fitzgerald Mosley as my guest today. Benita, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Benita, we both grew up in Northern Virginia. What was your childhood like there? My childhood, I grew up in Prince William County, which is the second largest county in the state of Virginia. Uh, it was in the, you know, dating myself, but it was in the 60s. So it was the middle of the civil <laughs> rights movement. And my mom and dad were both educators. And my mother helped to desegregate the school system in Prince William County. So uh, she was the first four black teachers were the first black teachers to teach in all white schools. Uh, it was a successful experiment in the mid 60s. And a year later, they integrated the entire school system. And in fact, uh, after that, I was the first black student to, to go to my elementary school. So, you know, breaking barriers, even at that moment in time at six years old, but didn't probably appreciate that. Yeah. My parents were amazing because they were both educators, but they also appreciated the value of having my, my younger sister and I involved in extracurricular activities. So we got yeah. a plethora of experiences from music to sports and or different organizations. And so that guidance and support, I think, and encouragement from my parents, as well as the fact that they were trailblazers uh, themselves, really made for a very rich, wonderful childhood. That sounds outstanding. Now, I know just again, because our area, there were lots of racial challenges, you know, in Northern Virginia and being so close to DC. And I know some people felt like I, I didn't grow up in real Virginia, you know what I mean? Which was obviously closer to Richmond and everything. But you grew up at a time, and I know you've shared in the past just how wonderful a community you grew up in. And one that even at that time was very supportive, it empowered you to really pursue sport, right? Can you tell me about what that experience was like? Sure. Prince William County, I think, was probably in many ways an anomaly back then because they 
had plenty of girls sports activities when I was younger in elementary school. So I, I got to play Lassie League. They called it softball. Uh, I did majorettes. They were other, you know, clubs and organizations, soccer and things like that going on. It wasn't though until middle school that I really started competitive sports in earnest. I was inspired through the Olympics and seeing Ola Corbett and then Nadi Kamenich, who's now become a good friend, participate in the Olympics and was wanting to be a gymnast just like them. Didn't know at the time that, you know, being a foot taller than they were probably was going <laughs> to keep me from being a very good gymnast. But thankfully, my parents uh, didn't care. They got me some gymnastics lessons and my middle school gymnastics coach, Gwen Washington, put me on the team, knowing that I wasn't very good, but not really wanting to tell me that. She redirected me to a different sport that she thought I'd be better at. She said, I see you beat all the boys in races and PE class. I think you should come out for the track team. So I did do that in seventh grade. And I guess the rest is history. Wow. So you talked about some different sports that you tried and some different experiences, but what was your favorite childhood sports related memory? Middle school was um, kind of a time of exploration as it is for most middle school preteen uh, age kids. And then I got to high school and we were perennial state champion in track and field, girls track and field. They had won three state championships in a row before I got there and won our fourth straight my freshman year in high school. There was a young woman uh, by the name of Paula Gervin. She's now deceased as a couple of years ago, but she was my role model. She was a senior when I was a freshman. She made the, the Olympic team and went to Montreal in 76. And, you know, when our coach saw that Paula made the team, she said to me, Benita, you know, you can be there four years later. Uh, and sure enough, four years later, I was on the 1980 Olympic team with Paula and we were able to I guess celebrate that together, have a parade for in our honor. I was a freshman in college. Uh, but in high school, I think the best memory for me, I guess two, winning that state championship my freshman year, that was really cool. And doing that with Paula, with all the upperclassmen on the team, kind of being embraced onto this very, very successful track team. And then two years later, I think it was at the end of my junior year. I made my first junior national team. I went to the junior national championships. I won the hurdles. I think I got second in the hundred and got catapulted on this world stage. Got to go to Russia and compete U.S. versus at that time, USSR. It was, you know, the Cold War type of a competition. And it was my first time on an airplane. First wow. time, you know, leaving, leaving my parents' house and didn't not having them around. And so I think that was my best memory. Wow. And what was a highlight of that trip? There are a lot of different highlights. The food being how nasty the food 
<laughs> um, probably stands out really, really well. I mean, you know, we would, I mean, this is back in the 70s, guys. I mean, this is before Glassnost and all of that good stuff that happened in the 80s, before the wall came down. And so people in, in the Soviet Union at that time didn't have access to blue jeans and didn't have access to all kinds of things that we kind of took for granted as Americans. And so but we would go over there, we would be in the back of the kitchen or back of the ballroom where they served us or some, you know, sneak and trade things. They'd give us, you know, Russian memorabilia and we'd give them a pair of jeans or a T-shirt or something that they couldn't access. So I think that was probably, it was more the cultural exchange than the running. That was probably the most memorable. Benita, which coach or teacher encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? All of them. I, for different reasons. I, I had awesome teachers and coaches growing up. In fact, all of my coaches in middle school, high school, college were all female. All the head coaches were women. And that's something that's been impacted by Title IX adversely, close to 100%, like 95% of the coaches of girls' teams before Title IX were women. And now it's less than half of the coaches of girls' teams are women. So as much as we've improved and had these great accomplishments and increases in girls and in women's sport in the past 50 years, uh, that has been one downside. So the best advice, first and foremost, is from Coach Washington, moving me from gymnastics to track and field. <laughs> the second would be Coach Lockett. And Lockett, she was the head coach when I was a freshman that won that four straight championship. She also was head coach of the gymnastics and basketball teams and coached them to, to state championships. So that was uh, pretty cool. Her best advice to me was saying, you know, you can be on the Olympic team in four years. And hearing her say that and putting that vision out in front of me I believe helped me visualize myself doing just that and uh, and bringing that dream and that that hope that she had for me to fruition four years later. Uh, but so yeah, I had gosh, I talk about Coach Lockett, but Ruthie Brown was the coach after Coach Lockett and at our high school, and she was young. You know, she was 25, 26 years old. But she was curious. And so she would make sure that she learned all she needed to learn in order to develop the talent like myself that she had on the team. And so she maybe not a piece of advice, but the fact that she just stuck to me like glue for three years and went everywhere I went. If I went to California for a meet, she was there. If I, mm. you know, needed to get to the Melrose Games, she worked it out, you know. So I just I'm indebted to all of those women for their mentorship and their support. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.